2: And welcome to the Guitar Nerd's podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello, and that's it. We've Um, lost them all.
1: Everyone's. Nam,
2: everyone's gone. Um, so uh, this is the first day of the first day that Nam is open. You would have heard if you listened to the podcast in chronological order. You would have heard our um, episode about the Matt and Joe's visit to the Music Man Factory. Um, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, you would have caught what was going to be the next episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, which potentially
1: one of the stupidest most ridiculous episode we've ever recorded yeah
2: so if you uh last night obviously was our first night um well it was my first night here so i landed after an 11 hour flight and caught up and by the time i was here joe was already drinking uh, and we caught up with the internet's mary spender who was uh enjoying a few drinks yep. as well uh, and we oh, had we... J- jd short as well who you would have heard from the music man episode he was also here enjoying yep. some drinks and, um, and me, I was enjoying some drinks. Matt was enjoying you enjoyed some drinks. a drink. Uh, no, I didn't. Didn't drink anything yesterday. Huh. I had two mouthfuls of that giant tall can of beer that was left here, and uh, uh, and then yeah. remembered, oh yeah, I wanted this because I wanted a cold drink, um, and there was nothing else here. But actually, beer is pretty gross, and, and then, I and don't then really we went like it anymore. Impossible burger. And then uh, yeah, so we then came here and uh, recorded a podcast. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, I wouldn't say you were in for a treat. Um, you're in for a tr- trick? You're in for a trick. Definitely, um, definitely. Talked about uh, some Fender and some Line 6 and Yamaha <coughs> stuff, but it was... It's Patreon-worthy, I think. It's quite a... It'd be good for Patreon Well, it was main
1: feed, and then we realised...
2: It needed to go in the Patreon. I think you have to pay for this one. It needs to be in the paywall. And then again, you're like, you just paid for this one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Interesting. An experiment in how perhaps not to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. good fun. When Joe's back, I guess we'll talk, we'll go again in a slightly more sober way. Uh, We'll talk about like uh, Line 6 stuff. Yeah. Um, Because we haven't actually talked, maybe we should do that. The the plan for the podcast tonight is that we're going to talk about what uh, Matt... Uh, J- uh, Joe and I saw uh, on the first day of now. Yeah, Jay,
1: Jay's been. I guess we should say Jay's kind of Jay's out. Tied up. Jay's fendering
2: basically the, um, the entire time. He um, was having
1: fun on the booth today with w- his his products.
2: Yeah, we did see him this morning. He showed us a bit of the new Bluetooth stuff and the uh, some new in ear headphones, yeah. um, which is his domain. And also, obviously, we saw a load of fender stuff that we're going to talk about. But just for the main feed, and while Joe's not here basically drooling um, and boozed out of his brain. Let's talk about um, the new uh, Helix effects processor from Line 6 because you guys went and saw it a bit early at the Line 6. We Um, did. It wasn't the factory it was the Calabasas HQ right? Yeah.
1: So I I don't know if that's where they always work because
2: you interviewed the... Was it Marcus
1: from Line 6?
2: uh, Yes Marcus Ryle yeah Yeah. so
1: um, yeah that is the that's the the HQ of Line 6. It was a really cool office actually. They have a big clock that is a giant pod. Oh nice. Um (laughs) But no we we went in and and checked it out and I was I was super impressed because the the thing is the Line 6 HX HX effects I think is what it's officially called is um basically a Helix minus the amp modeling. And I was like you've basically made the product the perfect product for everyone who is never going to buy a Helix. You well, I mean, I mean, basically like everyone who is never going to buy a Helix because people like me who are never going to use an amp modeling product not because you're against amp modeling just because you would never use it. Yeah. Um, But you like the effects and you like things like the M series. Um, You know, they've gone, well, why don't you just take the app modelling out and then, you know, you've basically got a Helix without it. All the scribble strips are there, all the routing, external effects loops, MIDI, USB, editor. It was a great product. We didn't get very much time with it, unfortunately. Um, But it did get, and I, I thought it was dead easy to use, the same kind of Helix thing. Touch sensitive buttons, which I think are cool, Um, only really if it's kind of not at your feet, I guess. I guess, Um,
2: to me, it seems like a worthy and um, very timely successor to mm.
1: the uh, M-Series. Yeah, so they said the M-Series is staying, um, but they said the big announcement for NAM, which I really liked, was um, software version 2.5, which introduced uh, new bass amps, a Friedman model... And a couple of other amps. So this is to the existing Helix. Helix and to the HX. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've done um, what they called the Legacy Series, which is every four pedal they ever made, all of those effects. So So DL4, um, DM4, MM4, FM4, and the reverbs from the Echo. Is the AM4 in there? That's what we all want to know. Oh, the, the amp modelling. The red one. No. I wonder
2: what one of those goes for now, because obviously... I don't even see them. They're not very good. I mean, it's I say not very good. It's the amp modelling from Pod version, like the Pod 2, yeah. I think, in one of those Stompbox Ta- models. Talking
1: of terrible pedals, we should just say, like, we also somehow stumbled across a Digitech Crossroads in yeah. the drawer of one of the brands there. And they were like, yeah, it's a bit of a joke that is in there. Yeah, yeah,
2: I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that that joke has caught on. And not, not necessarily because we've been going on about it, but just because I think the time is right now where people who are like... Around guitar shops in the early
1: 2000s are now like oh what was bad back in the day yeah. and the digitech crossroads yeah. is definitely up there but i mean you know line six are the perfect it, you know we've said it on the podcast before they are the brand that are great at repurposing tech you know yeah. taking something and, and really using it
2: and, and some people and would say that's kind of to their detriment in that you do see various iterations of a yeah. similar thing but at least they do you, you
1: know, there's always a purpose for something that they're doing. And, yeah. like, the HX seems like that. Yeah. yeah my only uh, downside to it, because I was like, oh, maybe I could use something like that in a replacement of, like, an Eventide H9, because it's got the extra buttons. Yeah. Um, It was much bigger than I thought it was. And it is, like, you wouldn't have anything else on your pedal board. You'd have an expression pedal. Yeah, I haven't and seen you one... you might in- have a couple of drives for the external loops or something, but you wouldn't use it as a replacement for, like, an H9 or... An M5 right now,
2: yeah. I've so I've not seen one in the flesh yet, but I'm assuming it's kind of a similar size to a Nova system.
1: No, what was the smaller one? The Nova system, yeah. The note, what was the other oh, G-, G system? G system, yes. Yeah. It's a bit smaller than the Nova system, okay. Fine. Um, uh, the only thing that I thought was th- the editing was quite good if you kind of just want controls on just the fly with the knobs and then yeah. it showed you on the screen but like doing in depth um, like rerouting was really complex on the screens because they like split the signal across the scribble strips so you're looking at like a fractured puzzle and then you're trying to like piece it all together okay. but they did have something in there where you could move the effects easily just by like touching the buttons once again which I think is cool um, but obviously if it's on the floor I think I'm guessing you can just do it with with your feet um, but it was really nice to have all the legacy pedals in there because I was saying you know I love the rack units I've got the rack units they're like yeah basically they're exactly the same sounds it's just that we've got a better processor now we haven't altered the algorithm so just processed slightly better
2: yeah I uh, like anything that's got the FM4 in it I'm <laughs> totally up for that yeah yeah just- I
1: said to her I was like I remember going and, and buying one from Denmark Street when I was like 15 and it cost me like 400 quid with the, ex- the expression pedal um, oh, it also had external amp switching, which I thought was quite cool. It's two expression pedals or two stereo outs for external amp switching or one one or the other. And it's like 500 quid, something like that? I think like they that? said 599, but okay. the street price is not official yet. Right, okay. I think that's what's gone out, but they're like, it may vary. And I think it's landing in stores in Europe in uh, February, and it's available by North America from today.
2: Okay. it's out already it's out already wow okay
1: yeah that's that's how you do a product launch yeah nice Um, so that was very cool and they were really cool guys it was a cool office and then um, we did the Yamaha thing which was amazing as well um, I guess maybe we, we're we probably going to go and see Yamaha at some point.
2: Yeah, we should talk. We'll talk about that later this week, I think, yeah, for yeah, people yeah. who want a more coherent <coughs> version than we delivered on the Patreon. Yeah, because I think
1: there's going to be some stuff happening with a couple of the people that we met. So I think we'll probably do something later in the week. Definitely. The definitely.
2: So um, today, we started out <coughs> early. Uh, well, early ish. Uh, and the queues to get into NAM were oh, bonkers. Man. And this I was morning. so
1: desperate for the toilet when the saw the <laughs> queue. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, it was probably like, what? Twenty-minute wait, something like that, maybe half yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, you know, the, the thing is, I think the show's bigger this year. I mean, the, the shop, the, the shop floor, the actual floor layout so I guess like just in a bit of background this year it's not very fractured Yeah, like on previous years it's been really fractured like you could see orange amps and then if you wanted to go and see something else it could be like the other side I remember doing like hall D to hall C it was like a 10 minute walk Yeah, Um, this year all fretted instruments are on one side um so actually everything kind of felt less crowded because there wasn't as many people like running around manically everyone's in one area of the of the room but yeah it was like a 20 minute wait to get in they check all your bags for security reasons but once we got in you know it was kind of free yeah free roaming I, I
2: would say we've done about 10% <coughs> of the things or of the uh Guitar area, the fretted instrument yeah, area. Yeah, we we
1: actually did the smart way, did the supermarket way and started in the corner and then we're like, and we still, we were going like, we'll go up and then we'll turn around and come back to the other side and we still missed bits. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we like, would look back and we're like, oh, but we haven't, how's this happened? We haven't been down there. Like, I don't understand. And so many crazy brands. Yeah. Stuff I've just never seen or heard of. Yeah, definitely. And we have got like relatively big boosts. I'm like, mental. Yeah,
2: yeah. And like we were saying before the podcast started, we were chatting about like, you know, there's Chinese cable companies here who have got a booth that's basically the size of my flat, and it's like, how?
1: how what are you expecting to get out of this, and yeah. how
2: can you afford this? Yeah, uh, you know, so
1: many Chinese companies. It's I think. it's clearly, you know,
2: we saw it today, and you know, we will dive into what we saw in detail today, but just the overall vibe was obviously, you know, the people you'd expect to there there's also a lot of boutique guitar builders there and they've kind of a lot of them have kind of clubbed together so you'll see like two diff- or two or three different brands on one stand yeah. um, or there's a dedicated boutique showcase area yeah. um, but the other thing is the size of the booths for Moore for Hotone for x vive mm. x vive probably had a bigger booth than any other brand that we saw, and I don't think they had any products on display, or they had like just a, cu- a like a little
1: trophy cabinet. No, with I them think in. they were demoing the wireless system. Yeah, exactly. And all they had were just tables where people could I, have meetings. I guess they're they're the kind of brands for a store that are like bread and butter. If you were basically like, right, we just need to stock a cheap thing, like stock it high and you know sell yeah. it cheap, basically.
2: Well also, the purpose of their NAM, I think, is not to impress people like us it's for dealers i mean it's for, for g- dealers to come on or, or you know distribute they're after distributors in countries so they don't necessarily need a big booth all they need to do is you know have a table they can sit with the distributor and go here's the pedals we make
1: here's a catalog here's how much money you make and like we can send you some samples Actually, down the line one thing what you know we haven't talked about and it just sort of popped into my head so basically when you go um, you get your pass and if it's got a red band around it you're an uh, exhibitor if you're a blue band you're a dealer and then if it's plain, you're uh, like media or you're an exhibitor Scum, guest basically yes but how many I, I barely saw any like blue ones like retailers like everyone seemed they were like a guest or media
2: well i mean there's so much stuff you can do without visiting nam as a retailer like do you really need to be at nam or do you just have a relationship with brands anyway and (coughs) you can see everything you need on the internet it's it's a showcase these days a showcase for like you know guys like us to be there and yeah it's a it's a total marketing event
1: that's the thing i think guitar stuff has moved away from being sales orientated and is moving to a much stronger like market marketing definitely, orientation now. Definitely. Definitely. Um but it was it was good. I think we were finding our feet today and I think tomorrow'll probably be I think it was productive, but definitely. I think tomorrow's gonna to be we took too much stuff today. We like we were like, oh we're gonna do this, this and this. Well yeah, we should talk about that a little bit as well. Like I guess, you know, when we've done this
2: sort of thing in the past, we tried to do a lot of video content and, you know, doing interviews with people on the booths and and or getting demos. And we just decided that we took all the stuff today to be able to do that. Yeah. And then when we got to the show floor, it was like, this is not going to happen. I, neither us nor the people on the booths have the will for it to talk about a pedal for a few minutes and then do a demo. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. No and,
1: one's there for that. And then when you film demos on Sunday and the demo guy doesn't care and you don't care and the brands are like, just want to go home. Yeah. You know, and actually I saw very few people... Like, I saw the regular big guys just like filming, but you saw a lot of small people filming with just like a crap camera and a microphone. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to hear anything. It's like, we were just like, let's meet some people, make some stuff happen for the podcast, which is what everyone Definitely. obviously cares about, and the Instagram, which people are really engaging with, and, you know, basically just kind of get some better content for you guys, like post NAM. Still give you lots of NAM stuff, but, you know, make 2018 the best the best year we can for stuff.
2: And I think, you know, we're lucky in that, you know, the podcast is well-known enough now and the YouTube is well-known enough and Instagram's growing at an
1: alarming rate. That- I can't believe the amount of people that, like, were like, oh, we love your podcast and stuff like that. And just yeah. meeting brands, it's like, so weird. Yeah. Or meeting people that we've just emailed before or just... Yeah, and you now know. they're
2: like, oh, I'm totally invested in the podcast because I listen to it while I make stuff in the workshop yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah Um But yeah, we're in the lucky position that we can say to people, look, after the show, could you send us some stuff and, you know, we can send it back to you or, or whatever you want to do. Um, and it means that it takes the emphasis on, on us, take the emphasis off us, sorry, having to do it on the show floor because today we wouldn't have got anything done. No. You know, we we probably saw. 10% of what we needed to see actually, today
1: <coughs> even though you guys don't necessarily you, you hear us talking about it, you don't necessarily see a demo we actually get to like meet and talk to people and like build a friendship and I think when you're just like as, as we said to one guy earlier it was like yeah do you remember I spoke to you um for 30 seconds last year um when we filmed a quick demo on the booth and they're like don't remember you but like some of the people I spoke to last year were like oh yeah
2: yeah we talked for an hour we on talk a podcast. An hour, yeah yeah it it's, makes a, a huge difference yeah. so what we should do is uh we should talk about the things that we saw and we started off the day uh in the fender booth went to our good old friend Jay cross who he, got was, us into, he looked very busy he was very busy very <laughs> busy uh he was just smoozing like the whole morning the whole time we were in there we He's we're a in real there. schmoozer we were probably in there for an hour like looking at stuff and the whole time he was just like Talking to different people and he saw the sixty cycle hum guys, they're shooting some video. Um and yeah, he was just chatting. That's what he did.
1: That's his job right That's now. That's his job. That's his job he for loves, this He loves to chat. He loves to chat. He's very loud and he loves to chat. Yeah.
2: Um so the Fender booth. We obviously we knew that there was gonna be a lot of custom shop stuff. Um and let's talk about the custom shop first, I
1: guess. Custom what, shops always a real showcase. Yeah. I don't know where this stuff goes. I remember buying a Fender Custom Shop book like 20 years ago and it had like loads of stuff in it.
2: Yeah. I think the best example of that was um, today the pinball set...
1: Yeah, I mean, it was an
2: esquire. It was an S-quad, wasn't it? No, because it was a one-neck oh, pickup I a, telly. I've,
1: yeah, I, I took a picture of it. But yeah, the pinball—I can't remember the official name. I'm, we just call it the pinball guitar. Yeah,
2: so it was. A, I think it was a one-neck pickup telly. Yeah, it was one-neck.
1: Uh, yeah. Basically an Esquire, but just the, the the neck pickup.
2: It had the lights from a pinball machine that were flashing on and off
1: Yeah, inside the body of with the guitar. With flippers. It had from... two
2: flippers on the front of the guitar and was like covered in pinball stuff. And then it came with a matching amp where part of the casing... Or well, part of the housing was built from old pinball machine parts, it, including the flipper buttons that were still on the side
1: of the amp. Ah, uh, the Wizard amp and Telecaster set. Well, there we go. From the custom from master built by Jim Demarge, one of a kind. I don't know who he is. He must be a new master builder. Okay. Um. Oh no, they built. Oh, okay. So one guy built the pinball machine, and then Yuri Shishkov built the right. matching amp set. And I realized the stand is on. It was on. Was all pinballs. <laughs> right. I didn't didn't know that um, at all. I mean, Yuri Shishkov is the master at that. The crazy stuff. Yeah. It always either jeweled or just doing something crazy. But that I think that's a classic example of the showcase of, yeah. of Fender.
2: And that is what the custom shop used to be. It Used to just be just that stuff. Yeah. Um, and now obviously there are some guitars that you'd actually want to play. Um, I like. There's a couple of bits that I really liked. One. That I don't really know what it was. So it was like a, it said one off, um, please inquire about orders or something. So I assume this is like an experiment. Um, Master built by Paul Waller. Mm. Um, Like it was called the Blender. Yeah. It was like, weird. It was kind of somewhere
1: between like a Tornado and a Cyclone and a Jagstang. At first I thought it was one of those weird electric tenor guitars. Yeah. I was like, oh the neck looks really odd and the body looks really small and I was like what is that yeah it
2: was a really small bodied offset with two single coil strap pickups where the neck pickup was covered and the bridge pickup was uncovered on a one ply plate I think yeah so real you know obvious kind of offset pawn shop vibes about it yeah but yeah the Fender Blender Um, well weird yeah definitely but I love that they give the guys the opportunity and you know the team in the custom shop the opportunity to to do that just oh okay Nam's coming up what are you going to build and he's built he's just designed a new fender body where does
1: (coughs) excuse me I know this obviously dealers buy this because we said before you know dealers put the their card name, their business card in the strings and then one gets picked at random and then they win it. And then obviously these people buy them but you, they're never played. They just, there must be so many of these Fender Custom Shops like sitting in cases. yeah, as collector's items. Oh,
2: but, I mean, I think, in the case of the, what was it, the nine-neck <coughs> Fender guitar that everyone's seen on social media this week, which had, mm. like, everything from electric mandolin right up to a jazz
1: bass. $90,000. Yeah,
2: and uh, I think it was a dealer in Spain or Germany that got it.
1: No, um, it was True Tone Music and Holly.
2: Oh, okay, right, okay. I thought it was a European, European dealer for some reason. But, I mean, that guitar, either they're going to keep it and use it as a showpiece in the store, or they're going to sell it to someone who... It's not going to get used on anything, yeah. is it? It's it came just, with his
1: own custom-built case from Paul Waller. No,
2: in fact, the custom-built case... Jay suspected that the case hasn't been built yet. It, that Apparently, it was worded something like, will include custom-built case by Paul Waller. So, yeah, I think, from what I can gather, the case is either isn't finished or... At least he finished it in Gold Parkour. Well, yeah, I mean the best and um, the other thing that I really liked uh, there seems to be a new range of Fender Custom Shop guitars obviously you've got Master Built and Team Built mm. but there was a few guitars with cards on there that said Apprentice Built so I wonder if it's people working beneath the Master Builders who are obviously very busy yeah. um, who are now stepping out the Team Built stuff and it's kind of like a middle tier yeah. Um, and the one that I saw that I really liked was the Custom Shop Tuxedo Jazzmaster yeah. um, which was basically like a real fancy jazz master. Um, Curtis Novak's silver foil pickups, um, which looked kind of really retro and of, you know, like an old
1: front of an old radio
2: yeah yeah and just the whole guitar was bound neck um just a real classy jazz mm. master and something really different yeah um and I, I just really like the idea of these apprentice built guitars i think it's yeah. cool.
1: the one that stood out for me as like a standard one that i thought was great was that like a new type of paisley it's like a purple flowered paisley yeah over black Heavy relics, so black and purple. It looked absolutely amazing. And then the old decor or decor guitar, which was basically Paisley, but it's like wallpaper from the eighteen hundreds. And it wasn't
2: a, it wasn't a repeated pattern, was it? No, it was it like was a, just a, a scene basically yeah. on the front of the guitar.
1: Um I mean and you've got all the classic like graphic guitars, you know, that have like stuff painted on them yeah. and things, which I'm not really into. They had a cool psychedelic swirl paint job one, which looked really good. Um the other main one was the John Cruise series. They had the the Blackie, the Olympic White, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. and the SRV Number One. yes, yeah, so I always thought Lenny was. I thought the Sunburst one with the SRV and the foil, sparkly foil, was the main one, which they've done, and then they've done Lenny, which was the red one with the inlay, and um, by the bridge. And this one's like a different one, a Sunburst one, but. SRV was like in a different place.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't because I don't know enough about Steve Ray mm. to to tell you the history of those guitars. But I, I guess it's just a refresh of some custom shop artist models, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Hendrix ones were basically, you know, master built versions of the recent yeah. Hendrix signature.
1: But we just we we didn't spend an awful lot of time there. And I think maybe we'll go back on the last day and definitely you know, try and have a look at a bit more stuff. But th- the thing is with the Fender booth, it's just. There's so much stuff. It's, it's, like, overwhelming.
2: Well, I mean, a couple of other things that we've, we
1: haven't talked about yet. The, obviously, the new Fender pedals. Yeah, see, i had heard that they were doing pedals. Yeah, I didn't know didn't what they actually, were going to be. I didn't actually know what they were. And they're, like, actual, like, metal boxes. They look really boutique. Yeah. Do you know what the housing reminds me of? Do you remember that green child
2: effects pedal that we yeah. had? That kind of, like, bent aluminium, kind yeah. of, that, that vibe. They seem really sturdy. Um, the standout for me, I think there's six pedals in the range at the moment something like that five or six there's a so there's a um i've got pictures of them a here buffer, two different drives i think a um, delay
1: reverb so yeah six in total so you've got the and i've got a picture here um the level set buffer which i thought was really really good yep. i actually liked that they had an on off led but the knobs also light up yes where there's a little bit where it would normally be a bit of white paint there was obviously an led underneath yeah that's really smart really um, smart. The Benz, which was their compressor, which was quite nice. Uh, The Santa Ana Overdrive, the Pugilist Distortion, the Marine Layer Reverb, and the Mirror Image Delay.
2: Yeah, so the one that stood out for me was the Mirror Image Delay. Price-wise... I think it's like £160, pounds, yeah. something like that. Don't quote me on that, but I, that's the figure I kind of had in I mind. I actually really
1: like the, the buffer. I thought okay. the buffer was really Yeah, good. I
2: think the on the kind of um, the gain side of things yeah. and the buffer, I think they're going to be sub £100. Pounds. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I'm not sure. No pricing has been confirmed, actually. The, but. I think the only shame is, is that, obviously, to keep noise down, you're going through Mustangs with headphones, and it's but not it's the greatest time dumb. to that's, do it. That's why... We've could, not really... We've, like, picked up a few guitars and demoed a few bits, but we've not gone, like, full demo because it's just... You can't hear anything. Yeah. No one can hear anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, most of the guitars
2: today i played uh, not plugged in. But, yeah it was difficult to judge the quality of the game based stuff the Mm. delay I can tell is going to be really good Mm -hmm. Uh, I couldn't tell you whether the drives were particularly good because like you say we were going into a a basic preset on a Mustang with headphones and also I think it was like Beats headphones so you know not particularly referenced so yeah I'm looking forward to obviously you know we'll try and get access to those and do proper demos and and have an actual uh, listen to them Um, one other thing firstly the Anniversary Jazz Masters they're doing a whole range of Anniversary Anniversary Jazzmasters. The one that really stands out is the three mini humbucker one. Yeah,
1: that looks cool.
2: Um, I don't know what colours are going to be available. There was no other information about it. Jay will probably... Were they custom
1: shop? Or were they just no, no, I, I think was, they were just American Why Might have standard. even been
2: Mexican. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it was American, but yeah. we can next time Jay's on the podcast, obviously we can quiz him more about that because, yeah. you know, he works a Fender. He loves Jazzmasters. He's going to know <laughs> the details. Um, And also, we bumped into our old mate, Dan Grace.
1: Yeah, now uh, them. Man behind Squire,
2: yeah. Now uh, is the European product manager for Squire and, or something like that.
1: And Squire Acoustics,
2: yeah. Oh no, is it not or Acoustics acu- I think in general? Like,
1: actually, yeah, maybe just Acoustics. Yeah, yeah another
2: in guitar nerd alumni going on to uh, well, you know, a nice little job at Fender. Um, and Squire have basically relaunched or alongside the standard series, mm. they're now doing the contemporary series, which yeah. are basically the standard guitars but with a few modern tweaks. Um, the one that stood out for me, just because it was a bit bit of a throwback to my like early years working in guitar shops, the contemporary HH Active. So was this like?
1: Was it the Metal Master? Something was like? That, was that what it was called? Or the Show Master.
2: <sighs> yeah. You so it look. it was basically a um. So this the the brand new guitar, the Active Strat, is like a standard Strat with two Esquires own active. Uh, like plastic top
1: yeah black the showmaster with the floyd and then the matching headstock that's reversed yeah Yeah.
2: they were a bit like that these guitars today that's really what they reminded me of so um yeah they they looked fun it looked fun again i didn't get
1: tier one plugged in um yeah i I, think we'll go back because we didn't even check out any of the Gretsch stuff we didn't check out uh, yeah we haven't checked out jackson Jackson. yeah there's so much to see up
2: but fender have basically got their own floor pretty much yeah
1: it's um, that and pianos and no one cares about pianos no one cares
2: about pianos boring isn't it? Um, so then we made our way down to uh, Hall D which yeah. is where all the guitar stuff is this year um, and the first thing according to my notes the first thing that we really
1: swung by was Eventide yeah I think we were making our way to Ernie Ball because we had a bit of a meeting there about something that's going to happen at the weekend so um, what um, What jumped out at Eventide the H9000 okay um, so you're a fan of the H9 I love the H9 um, and I remember a couple of years ago someone focused pho- shopped an h9 rack unit and i was like oh my god is this an h9 in rack form because as i you know i've posted in a group i've got a rack system on the go 21u got to fill those spaces <laughs> ridiculous. um but it's that it is it's basically it is a rack mounted h9 um but not just one h9 16 h9s So sixteen H nine processors in one rack mounted box, and it's like an evolution of their eight thousand series, which is like a pro studio rack mount. And I thought I kind of got that idea when I saw it. I was hoping it would be like a thousand pound rack unit. No, unfortunately, it comes out at sixty nine ninety nine, which I was like. Six nine nine, But the Americans is £6,999. It's a a lot for a rack unit, isn't it? Um, But it looked amazing. He was showing me some of the stuff on the screen. So you can have like four individual circuit paths and each one can run like 16 effects at once. I'm like, I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. We we exchanged business cards and I was like, well, you know, maybe we can get the engineer on the podcast and you can send us one for dinner. (laughs) Yeah, right. I just
2: imagine that. Yeah, we've sent you the $7,000 rack unit. Well, you know. If they you could really nice. do it do it justice on Instagram, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Thanks yeah much. I'll
1: uh, demo it in my home studio where I don't even have a proper interface right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, so,
2: yeah, interesting seeing what they're doing, obviously building on the success of the H9. Yeah, and the- I can't imagine many H9 buyers are going to buy the H9000. It's going to be studio people. Yeah, I
1: mean, it? they are a studio brand and they have been for 30 years. I guess the biggest announcement from, from them was uh, H9 Editor now available for Android. Oh, okay. Um, which is one thing that people have been crying out for, yeah. Um, because I it's been Mac and and iOS only, um, so you know they were demoing everything on tablets. Yeah. So I think that's probably their main thing for the com- the standard commercial end user, not the high end. Yeah, that's I probably know. the actual news coming out of there, not this yeah. like bonkers. But wrecked, I just saw know. it and was like, that was just such a cool thing to see. So,
2: um, on our tours, we bumped into Doug Cower of
1: Cower Guitars. <sighs> which was fantastic. This guy, I, I just had no idea what he would look like and he looked way better than I just thought I could <laughs> ever imagine. It's just like this awesome dude who loves The Simpsons with a massive beard and he's like, I should make guitars. Should I make love, cool guitars. Just make cool guitars. So they have a thing at at Nam called the Boutique Guitars um, Showcase. It's like Boutique Builder Showcase or something. And it? it's for like brands where you might get a guitar maker and they probably make six guitars a year and every guitar costs a £100,000. And yeah. they're just like some of the most ridiculous guitars you've ever seen. And and Doug's building like far more like modern guitars, but without being ridiculous. Like yeah. there was one brand and I can't remember what it was, but the body was half wood, half like plastic mould and it had like a doll's head and stuff and like dead like butterflies moulded into it Yeah, it, and it had stuff.
2: like a butterfly uh like carcass thing yeah. like in the inset
1: in the guitar but um doug at Cower basically built seven guitars seven of his own guitars which include an electric mandolin a ukulele a ukulele and then all of his main models like the super chief and the thunder they didn't and there was it. a titan there as well and I think. a titan there as well all in seafoam green yeah with with gold hardware yeah, and it, it was one of wicked. the most impressive displays I've ever seen.
2: If that was in like the
1: window of Harrods or whatever, yeah, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You think, yeah, that belongs there. Yeah, Um uh, he didn't. He apologized for not having the Canyonero. He was like, mm, yeah, because it so, went to a buyer, didn't it? it someone actually- to, he said someone bought it just before Nam because he was thinking about maybe sending it our way, and he was like, yeah, I, I needed the money, so That's gutted. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, but it, that was one of the the most impressive things i saw today they just his guitars are incredible absolutely incredible yeah. so i think he's going to come on the podcast and talk about the simpsons and maybe some guitars
2: yeah i guess we'll have to uh, at yeah. some point yeah and yeah. um, i finally got to try a titan which is something that i've been looking forward to for a while because obviously you know there's not a huge amount of places in the uk you can try them um mm. and i was very impressed after hearing a lot of people rave about them as kind of an affordable
1: version of what Cower offer. Yeah, um, we've got cool. a photo up on Instagram. If anyone wants to check it out,
2: yeah, we did. That's one of the things that we were doing today: is going around and getting some Insta snaps. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously the finishing is sublime. Didn't get to plug it in because there wasn't an amp available. But um, and, I t- actually, again, wouldn't thing- have been able to tell anything anyway because
1: it was so loud <coughs> so. yeah, and nice. One thing we should probably talk about, and I don't know if I've got their card to hand, but he was with. Their other part of their company, DSL? Marshall DSLs. Just, Marshall that's DSL. what they do on the side. They're they making... basically, um, I guess you can find it on the Cow website. Maybe Mark's going to have a quick look right now. They make um, studio racks for guitars out of really nice hardwood, but their modular systems. Sorry, drsracks.com. DRS racks, yeah. They make modular um, hardwood guitar racks for home or studio use but you can stack them so you can do a double stack so if you don't want to take up a 12 spaces you can basically stack six on six um 399 were they i think he said uh, that's the start of 399 i think there
2: were more than that oh yeah no you're right actually the yeah. multi-way rack the first multi-way rack which holds
1: seven instruments yeah. uh 399 so yeah if there's any listeners out there have got some high-end stuff and you want a really nice guitar rack just buy one of these oh definitely definitely if
2: you're someone who's got for example you know like 12 or whatever it will hold up to 14 guitars and you've got nice guitars and you are short on width space yeah um, yeah the the product is the AB14
1: (laughs) Uh, He he was doing some new, I don't think they're out yet, but he was doing some new single stands that looked really nice as well. Yeah, which I think they were saying was about $100, something like that. That that was a more basic guitar stand, didn't have the stacking options. but this was really nice. But they did a three... No, it was a five-way stand with a tabletop to it, which also did another, which took a guitar like you would a tech bench. So it was like a hardwood... Stand with a tech bench on top, I think it's actually
2: seven guitars. Uh, uh. uh ch- 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 <coughs> yeah, t- tough to tell, but um, yeah, so that is the BT7 bench top, so it's got a fold up neck stand, yeah, in the sort of work top, yeah, area. And then <laughs> really want one, yeah, $199, yeah, for that. Really um, so yeah, that was impressive actually. Something that I obviously i didn't expect to come to NAM and be like. But this is it's like like,
1: expensive guitar stands. We've seen a lot of pedals today and a lot of brands that maybe we're probably not going to go back to. We've seen a lot of brands that are friends of ours and things that we're we're desperate to see. But you also see a lot of things that you go, oh, that's really good. You also see a lot of things that are. Maybe questionable. I just I can't slappero. Oh let's label. not let's not give airtime to the slappero.
2: <laughs> just people can Google it themselves so they wanna know what the slappero is. Um so um after Cow, we uh went along to Stonefield. Um oh, no, Joe Branton got to uh Joe Branton got to obviously he he knows the guys there quite well. Um and yeah, he was there checking out their new stuff, which included uh, two things. Firstly the stinger oh my
1: god the stinger
2: so it's a short scale sort of guitar bass hybrid it's tuned in kind of bass the thing is no in guitar tuning
1: yeah so it was it's 20 inch scale or 21 inch scale i think maybe it's shorter than that i think it is shorter than that let me have a look i think it's like almost half scale um four bass strings two guitar strings tuned e to e um, but the four bass strings, which are the lower ones, actual bass strings. It's twenty inch. Twenty inch, um, but then, then the string gauge is thirteen to eighty. But the, the weird thing was, is the neck was wider than a bass six or a six-string bass. I mean, it's a it's like a
2: four-string bass width. No, probably wider than it that. It was massive. Yeah. It's probably
1: like a 6-string bass width. Yeah, if not bigger. But it's a this tiny little thing. It's kind of yeah. like mandolin size. Yeah, I, I actually I reckon for like some more ambient or slower stuff, I think it was quite cool because it's tuned in the guitar register, e, e to E. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know what they were going to come out at price-wise, but I just it's think, just very very odd thing. Yeah, I was just going to look and see if there's any I mean, that's the thing. Nam has a lot of odd guitars. Um, usually it's unreachable prices. But I think this the, those ones were made in India, I think. Oh Part of his new range. I think they're part of his new, oh, new okay. range. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing that we should say. So one of the main thing that Stonefield was showing off were the F-series, which are their made-in-India guitars.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and they were really good.
1: I, yeah, I thought they were great.
2: So I think they're going to come out kind of pounds-wise. I think they'll be like 899
1: nine or 999. But nine, 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 so they that. maintain all of the Stonefield features on Joe's bass. Exactly. Which, Joe's bass is like... Two and a half grand. Yeah, Maybe I think more so. than Three grand. Or it's the like that. channel. The channel back um, with the etched Stonefield logo. Um, I think the F series featured. There was an F and a G series, and one of them features the upgraded bridge. Yeah, and the F series had like regular like
2: four uh, two aside tuners, and the G series I think had like the banjo tuners. Like again, like on yeah. Joe's base. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see Stonefield
1: branching out into like affordable Yeah, I think stuff. maybe they just kind of need to refine themselves as a brand before they went into the cheap stuff, you know, make the boutique stuff, um, make the ridiculous stuff, which the other one was the Freak Base Signature Double Neck. Yes. Um, which was a... F- I think we I just put a picture up of Joe Branton playing it.
2: Well it was basically like one of the regular scale basses
1: and a stinger together yeah. wasn't it? Uh just absolutely ridiculous.
2: One of the um, one of the brands <laughs> that really caught my eye was Cole Guitars, K O L L, someone had not heard of before, um making a range of guitars right from I guess they were what they call affordable they were about three and a half thousand dollars yeah affordable for them well right through to you know a stupid kind of price kind of custom shop stuff Um, what I really liked was I mean for me it was ideal it was Les Paul Junior shaped like double cut juniors butterscotch blonde with a telly pickup and a bridge and then volume and tone yeah and um, just in terms of how they felt probably the best feeling guitar of the day for me Um, bolt on necks kind of uh like real satin finished neck. Yeah. Perfect neck profile for me. Um and yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out really because I've not heard of them before and they're looking at their site. They'll basically build whatever you want as long as you stick to their kind of body shapes, but they had you know on display for example that the the one that was the cheapest was this single single tele pickup version of it. Yeah. uh which was just, you know, like a tele body, like flat top, no yeah. calves or anything right up to guitar that was basically the same body shape but was kind of hollow body prs style yeah you know, it was the same basic shape but it was thicker hollow bodied like um almost like german carved to it yeah uh and uh yeah really cool little company had a, a brief chat to uh the guy who was the designer and builder
1: yeah. um just talking me through through the options and um, one thing actually that we didn't put on here which i'll quickly mention because i think we saw it after them was milkman Yes. And rock and roll relics. Yeah, definitely. Sharing um, a stand.
2: It could see the rock and roll relics in the flesh. Oh, they just... They've you got... Know, I
1: saw them last year. And they, in my opinion, don't make a bad guitar, a bad looking guitar.
2: No. Oh man. So at the moment they're doing like basically a 335 style guitar with lightning bolt F holes and I think it's filtertrons yeah. on there. In Sh- pink. Shell pink relic. And it's like reliced back to natural. Yeah. Uh, but they also do some colour over colour stuff. Because I think yeah. they had
1: a sunburst over like red or something. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That and was- and they, they team up with Milkman because they're from the same place. And we got to see the Milkman. Uh, I don't know if it had a name, a proper name. The Mil- I think it was just called The Amp. Yeah, it's just called The Amp. That's what the product's called. Um, which was there, and I took a photo of the actual specs, which is their basically amplifier on the floor. So 12AX7 in the preamp um, with a Class D kind of style power amp. Um, Class A tube design, 50 watts into 8 ohms or 100 watt into 4 ohms. Can be used headphone, can be used DI out or can be used into a cab or can be used as just a preamp. Has the full tone stack with master control and then reverb and tremolo. Digital reverb, analogue tremolo. um, And only 2.5 watts with universal power for use anywhere in the world. For me, that's one of the coolest things that we saw because
2: you know, for someone like us who wants to do some recording or you know does a kind of multitude of different things sometimes there might be a cab there sometimes not Mm. sometimes it will be you know we want to use it might use it as a drive pedal which you could do because it has a kind of pedal level output Um, and sometimes obviously we do direct recording as well it seems like the perfect product. Yeah. It wasn't mega money. Seven, seven nine nine, I think yeah. you said it's going to come out as still waiting a couple months, but just dollar seven, price seven nine nine dollars. So yeah, very interesting product for us to to follow, um, and that's one of the ones that stood out to me is like okay, I really want to try it? Yeah, this sounds like mega usable. Yeah, um, and again, you know, we didn't get to try it there because even with oh, just uh, no point. Well, even the headphone output, you wouldn't have really been able to tell what it sounded like. No. Just, there's so much noise around. So um, yeah, that was cool. Talk. Of little amps as well, kind of across from there, where you went to Greer amps,
1: yeah. So Greer make loads of pedals, um, yeah. But they have made amps, but they, they aren't making many UK voltage amps. They said that actually, Chicago Music Saints who do their amps actually spec quite a few in the 240 Transformer Volt. Um, but the one thing they had there that which they just call I don't know what they called it, Did they just call it. I think it was just called Tiny Amp or something. No, it did have a name. Um, let, me see if, uh, let me see if he's got it up on the website um, Basically, a hand, all-handmade wooden cabinet 3-watt amplifier. It looks so good. With proper mercury magnetic transformers. And we, we talked to um, the guy, the main, the main guy who makes them, and he was like, do you want to check it out? And we were like, oh, you know, can we take a photo of it? And Stephanie's like, no, you really have to plug it in. Um, amazing. It's he was the, like, you can gig with this. And he plugged it in, and it was like, yeah. And I mean, he had it cranked, and it sounded really distorted. Um, yeah, it, it just sounded, like, really gnarly. And I'm like, oh, it's not that loud. And then I'm thinking, actually, it think was about, so loud. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. had some guy doing some ridiculous bass demo about two stands down. Yeah, some guy was, like,
2: testing a 1,000-watt bass amp slash PA two yeah. booths over. Um, it's called the Mini Chief. Uh, it's in, like, yeah, basically... You know, if you saw it, you'd think it's like an old bit of technology, basically. It's in like a kind of half-finished <coughs> wooden box, basically. But, mm. yeah, even th- at three was it was loud
1: enough. Yeah, and he said the only reason he's not got a 240-volt one yet is that he's waiting for the correct custom transformer specs to make one that sounds the way he wants it. He's right. like, I'm not just going to stick an equivalent transformer in it. I want to make sure it sounds as good as I want it to sound Yeah. with the right transformer in it.
2: No, it was um that was impressive. Again, one of my favorite things that I've seen today. Uh, yeah, with, uh, the I show. thought it
1: sounded great. It's really it, it reminded me of the Matamp mini mat. Yes, Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just volume and tone. I just think great little tone machine for recording. Just definitely just what you need. Definitely, just
2: really grindy if you want it to be.
1: Yeah. They, yeah.
2: That is a cool company. Like it, just everything down to how they kind of brand their pedals and the set, the pedals that they go for, right through to the fact that they were selling. Oh, their caps looked great as well. They were giving away denim baseball caps. Yeah, like with trucker his face caps. On it. With, yeah, like, with a, a silhouette of his beard on the uh, brilliant on the on the top. He of seemed it. like
1: a really cool dude. Yeah, we yeah. should um,
2: we should try and get him on the pod. Yeah, I think, I think that'd exactly. be him. that'd be good. Um, and we kind of rounded out the day with some some pedal stuff. Um,
1: Sikalis audio work? Psychalis? Psychalis. Really sorry to um I think his name was Chris. He was the main guy who reached out so was like come by the booth and get audio demos. And we were like, dude, it's it's just never gonna work, trying to get some some audio demos and that. But they had a couple of pedals, the Funkify,
2: which yeah.
1: was their auto wah with an octave down. Um And I I watched actually a couple of audio demos before and I was like, this is my sound. I love that. I love an auto-wire and I love a good octave down. Um, They're from Greece. I didn't realise that. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Um, So that was really cool. And then the galactic modulation, which was six different types of modulation effects and you could pick two different combinations. Three different combinations. Three different combinations of two modulations. Yeah. And then a blend control that blended between one... So you could do like rotary and phaser and it would either do all one way or all the other or in the middle and three expression pedal-ins. Yes. Ridiculous. They actually were demoing it with three expression pedals. Can you remember what they were? Was it that you could have, like, you could affect two
2: different pro- or parameter on each of the yeah, modulations was, and then
1: the blend? I don't remember if it was speed on each one of the modulations and then the blend or something like that. Yeah, um, But I was really into the Funk Funkfire. I thought that was a really, really cool pedal. It's not up on their site yet, which is annoying. I just wanted to check some spec, but um, yes. But they, they were a cool brand. It was good to see them. Hopefully we'll get to do some proper proper stuff with them. Definitely. We definitely. took a couple of photos, actually, so we'll put those up on the Instagram, I think, within the next day or so. Um, we stumbled across Game Changer Audio we
2: did who are in a much more prominent position this year they're not tucked like well they're not in they're the not back with trumpets yeah
1: they were with their mate who distributes trumpets in Latvia yeah um, they actually had their own band and so they were all dressed in suits with sunglasses to I loved it, it to I absolutely the,
2: loved it and they were much younger than I thought as well oh, yeah I,
1: I think that main guy is like he can't I be d- older than like 25 I've got
2: his name here um, I'm going to say Ilja Il- Chief Guitar Officer. Yeah. I love it.
1: Um, so for people who didn't see their great marketing video, launch video for that, it is a distortion pedal that rather than using LEDs for clipping or diodes, uses a tube filled with xenon gas that creates a spark of electricity. So your guitar runs through a spark of electricity, and that's what creates the, the clipping.
2: And it you can see it looks like... Um, some mad science experiment or it looks like the flux It looks capacitor. like an old
1: Nexi tube, you know, like the ones you used to have on 70s hi-fis that used to like... In fact, I think Ashdown put it on some of their pedals at one point. Do you remember those, those that had the magic eye? Oh. Was it was an eggnator. I don't remember that at all. It had the magic eye and the harder you played, the more this tube... like kind of This was the same thing but they were gimmicky. Yeah. They didn't do anything. This physically actually alters the sound of your... And he was—he had one on display. That he was like, it was in a briefcase, and underneath it was all running on batteries because yeah. he was like, I just want to plug it in so I can like take it around. And then, yeah, um, that was really cool. We had someone demoing the plus pedal, so they were still there demoing the plus pedal. You asked about price. Did they? They, they said they hadn't confirmed it yet. No, he said. It wasn't. So, it wasn't crazy. It wasn't like because we we'd said when we saw the demo video, three hundred and fifty euros, and I think we said that to him, and he was like, "No, it's going to be way cheaper." Yeah, yeah.
2: That. I think it was like half that or something. Yeah.
1: Um, I can
2: see that being on a lot of people's board just because of how cool
1: it looks. Yeah. Um, and the plus pedal was there, and the plus pedal was still great. I thought it was really nice, and they're a bunch of nice dudes, and they kind of want to do some stuff. So yeah, I want to get
2: in touch with them. I, just I love, think it's, it's not I finished love, yet.
1: I think he said it's not not hundred percent finished, and they were still making some final tweaks to it. I just love the fact that he seemed like he was in his early. 20s and he was in a like a business suit with yeah. sunglasses on yeah it. and it was just obviously like just love making gear but i'm not really sure i know what i'm doing <laughs> apart yeah. from that i just know how to make yeah. cool pedals yeah no that's i mean
2: that company is definitely going places if your first pedal is the uh plus pedal yeah and your second one has what was it xenon pl- gas plasma
1: yeah called, but yeah xenon Z- or xenon gas um, I love it as your clipping circuit. Basically,
2: what happens if, what happens if you like crack
1: that thing at the front open? Okay. No idea. Probably I don't know doesn't how work. Poisonous? It is
2: yeah. God, mm. I'm sure it isn't poisonous. I'm <laughs> sure they would be allowed to make <laughs> I'm sure it. They have
1: thought about that. Just because it's got an X at the front
2: of it doesn't mean it's definitely poisonous. Yeah. Um, and the last uh, kind of people that we met
1: with uh, Ryan from Fuzz Rocious. Yeah, it um, was so good to see him because you know we've we've emailed a couple of times and and, and stayed in touch, but obviously. I met him last year and then interviewed him on the podcast early on in the year. And then it was just like, you know, big hugs all around when we saw him. And it was really because I know he struggled to get there. You know, he's not a big company and Nam is an expensive thing to do. Yeah. And um, he was just like, oh, do you guys want to get audio demos? I was like, no, we just came to hang out with you. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He said, oh,
2: yeah, do you want to plug anything in? And we we're just like, no, we'll just take your word for it and we'll hear it later. But yeah. like, we're not going to do anything right now.
1: Um but, yeah, he, he released the um, the Octave Jawn, I guess you pronounce it. Would you pronounce it that? Yeah. J-A-W-N. Um, which is a digital octave down or octave up pedal. So they actually had it like in a box with one huge control knob in the middle. Uh, all the way left was octave down. All the way right was octave up. And then in the middle was a mixture of both. And it's kind of, it's not fully monophonic, but it's not 100% polyphonic he just said the tracking and design of the octave was different to anything else so it latches and picks up notes very very quickly um, which gives it that like polyphonic feel Um, and I was like oh you know that would be great to you know get those see those as pedals and he's like well actually it's more of an experiment to see you know how it goes because we're actually going to offer this as a mod on all of our standard pedals because the one thing about fuzz is is that you can have any of your pedals modded. You, they basically met everything is kind of like custom. Yeah. You know, if I want the rat tail and the demon king and I want the extra, you know, feedback looper or I want the anom- anomalies, but I want the, the fuzz as well. And he's like, basically, we're offering this as another mod. We'll install this and then we'll rehouse it for you and yeah. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. He's not... 100% on prices yet but he kind of gave us a couple of rough runs which we won't say because it's not fixed but they didn't didn't seem outrageous for he
2: that. also said it would be possible that if you'd already bought Fuzz Rocher's pedals and you liked the idea of having that in the pedal you would be able to send it back to them and they could mod it for yeah, you yeah
1: I like the idea of having the Feed Me that I've got the EQ with oh, that in yeah like the ultimate tone shaper yeah oh, maybe I'll speak to him about that I reckon that'd be quite cool that'd work um, and it was great to see him and I think he had some of the best looking pedals I'd seen today yeah um, loads of different colours really cool screen printing didn't have too many of the hand painted ones from his kids but I guess he was like better play it safe yeah keep those <laughs> keep those back and actually do um, the professionally done ones yeah so it was good to see him and um, by that point it was then half past four we'd somehow managed to get lunch into that yeah and now uh, just you know we're here again yeah and uh, Joe's gone to see St Vincent yeah and
2: we're going to go out and probably, probably hang out with the Tone Mob. And 60 Joe to see
1: St. Vincent twice in one year and I've missed it? Yeah, well, he's when just When I went to guy. Music Man, I was like, can you just make it so I can meet St. Vincent instead? That'd just be better, thanks. I'm sure we could sort that. Um, and then we've got to do it all again tomorrow. Yeah, so what have we got on the uh, on the slate for tomorrow? So tomorrow, um, we might you might be going to do like a small panel Yamaha at nine yeah.
2: thirty. Yamaha, of, uh, no line six. Sorry, line have, six uh, have started
1: their own podcast
2: and uh, yeah, maybe Where'd they got that idea from. Yeah, i Well considering we'll when that? we went
1: there. They went. We're all massive fans of
2: your podcast. Yeah, went, right. We so started weird, one with yeah, that, yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah. But Joe and I might be guesting on that tomorrow. So
1: that's the first thing. Yeah, uh, Chapman. Um, because we spoke to our friend Matt, and we saw Rob and Rabia and Hannah and Dave, and they were like, "Oh, you've got to come back and get." Matt was like, "Please take photos of the victories while you're." At because this is the only time we'll have them all together. I yeah. think the company is just going from strength to strength right now and yeah. it's like, we can't actually keep everything in stock. So, yeah, all those guitars I mean, and amps. everyone and- who was working on that booth had order books and they were constantly talking to dealers. Yeah. So we said we'd go there first thing and get photos of all the new stuff. I think Seven Strings, Dave Hollingworth signature base, new colours. And some secret stuff. And some secret stuff. Exciting. Which hopefully we will see before everyone else. Um, and then we thought we'd check out Victory, which have got the... The Super Kraken, which is the 100-watt Kraken. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Um, which I think De Ria, Rabia designed, which is just quite cool. Um, Beat Buddy want wanna us to pop over. Yep, I can hang out with Beat Buddy.
2: They're, um, but they're buddies.
1: Yeah. And they love Beats. I love I, Beats. I, yeah. Have you read the Big Beat Manifesto yeah. recently? You know, Big Beats are the best. Get high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go to Fuzz Roasters, take some pictures of the new pedal so everyone can check it out. Um, we got some stuff from Ernie Ball. We've got some stuff to sort out with Ernie Paul. Yep. Some some good stuff some, there. I really, really hope it comes off. Yeah. Metaverse, um, we're going to pop back and see him. He was on the stomp. His new pedals. I mean, we interviewed him, and I'm sure everyone has gone out and bought one because he is an amazing dude and makes amazing pedals. But the Mark II series, yeah, they look uh, amazing. That, the
2: Warble Swell Deluxe
1: Mark II. Mark II. The Tetra Mark II with the four push buttons for the step sequencer. I yeah. was like, yeah, um, and then I think we're going to go and check out Kesel. Yep, up for that. Definitely. Maybe have a look on on the. I like Reverb there, but I like the fact that you can't really buy. You can buy the vintage stuff from Reverb. Yeah, and I had load of Zappa records on the wall, so I want to go and check that out. Yeah, Reverb
2: have started selling vinyl now as well. Which um, is quite maybe cool.
1: we'll go to eBay. Check out
2: the eBay yeah, stand. eBay stand. <laughs> I guess they're there to tempt retailers to sell new stuff on eBay. eBay, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so a lot yeah. to see, basically. We're kind of working our way through Hall D, and then at some point we'll go to
1: Hawley. Yeah, and, then that will and be- if there's any brands that people want us to check out, then let us know. We'll go and find them. Definitely. Um, but yeah, and then Hawley, the weird times. Yeah. I think Actually, I think Strymon are down there. And Strymon's announcement this year was a Euro rack looper. Yeah, yeah. These guys have gone off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to Hawley Day. That's, that'll probably be Saturday, right? I think probably the last half of Saturday. Remember
2: when Joe... Maybe when Joe's doing his drinking competition, we could go and actually yeah. do oh, some Oh,
1: tomorrow is the, um... The sinusoid... Sinusoid uh, pizza sinus, party. Sinusoid pizza party. So yeah, we're do that as well. Definitely. Um, so
2: much stuff to do. I'm so tired. Now... Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, I've been here since... I've been drinking for Since like <laughs> for five days. Yeah.
2: Talking about that, we should go to the pub <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, another at least two days worth of Nam stuff coming your way. Um, do uh, do stick around. I know it's a load of content, but there's a lot to talk about. We will see you uh, tomorrow. Bye. Bye.